I think I got all of my dad jokes out of my system this weekend when I went to bed and I told my kids, I'll see you guys next year, or when I wake up and I say, hey, I haven't seen you all year, where you been? So I think I got that all out of my system now, so I think we're all set. But I love New Year's, and I love, even though I don't normally stay up till midnight anymore, I'm usually in bed a little bit earlier than that, but I, I do love the whole season of Christmas in New Year's because every time New Year's comes around, it's like we have a fresh start on everything. It feels like it's, it's kind of like spring. When spring comes, you start spring cleaning and you have that fresh start. But I feel the same way every time we come up to Christmas and New Year's because not only do we celebrate the birth of Jesus, but we also celebrate our new year and we celebrate a new life in Christ that we have. And so, as we know, the Bible is full of fresh starts and new beginnings. And it's so good for us to remember this. Because sometimes I think that many of us live day by day locked in the past. We dwell sometimes on the past. Whether they're good things in our past or if they're bad things in our past. We kind of get stuck there and we, and we think about it. And maybe those things that we would love to forget about, we always remember, it seems like. And we all have past events in our lives that affect us and control us. And it's not a bad thing to think about our past because everything that we did in our past helps us grow. And so it's not a bad thing to think about our past, but when we dwell on it too much, then we begin to miss God's blessings and his purpose in our lives and to see the future that he has for us. And so that's why I titled this message, Looking Back and Pressing Forward. You know, Paul talked about this in his letter to the uh, Philippian church when he wrote, Brothers and sisters, I do not regard myself as having taken hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in God of God in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that, we've, that you've given us as we gather together and study your word, Lord. I pray that we make this time productive and that we're all encouraged by what you have in store for us. I pray that when we do look back at our past, either the good or the bad, Lord, I pray that we don't look with regret, but that we look at it through the lens of your eyes and that we see all that we have done has brought us to where we are now in our faith journey. I also pray, Lord, that we see like Paul that he wrote here to just press on and not turn back to our old ways, but to move forward to what you want for us to do your will and not our own. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So Philippians is known as the epistle of joy which may seem kind of odd because Paul's writing this from prison and he's writing this to his friends at this church. And so in the epistle, the word joy appears five times in this letter, which again, he's in prison and he's writing an epistle of joy, of rejoicing and, and being glad and thanksgiving. And even though he's facing persecution and hardship, you know, he's still giving this message of joy. 
and showing that despite his trials and circumstances that he's in, he is rejoicing and he's joyful about this church and he wants to encourage them to continue living in unity and humility. And so this is a great message for us today as we come into the new year. Um, in his writing to the church here, Paul challenged not only himself, but all the believers in Christ, including us, to keep moving forward in their walk with Christ, to keep going forward and not looking back. You know, as he does, he uses a couple other times, I think in 1 Corinthians, he uses the analogy of a runner when he talks about running the race or, or finishing or going for the goal of the prize. And so one of the points that Paul is making here is that our future can be better than our past. Our future can be better than our past. So don't let your past determine your future. This is what Paul is saying when he wrote this. Our past is very valuable, as I said earlier, in our Christian walk. But many times it can be distracting when we begin to focus or dwell too much with our minds on our past. So this is why Paul says here, forget what lies behind and reach forward to what lies ahead. You know, I was thinking about this when I was writing this, is that we always seem to forget the things that we want to remember, and we always remember the things that we want to forget. Have you ever tried to find something that you put away safely because you wanted to remember where you put it, and then you forgot where you put it because it's, you know, an important thing. But then you remember distinctly something that you did in your past or when you were younger that you wish you could forget, right? And so that's what we need to, you know, sometimes we have to remember that, that something we've done in our past helped us grow in our walk with Christ. And it also helps us with others who are struggling with maybe the same things that we've gone through. You know, Paul is a great example of someone who should want to forget his past. You know, before he met the risen Christ, he had a horrible, murderous past. He held the coats for those who stoned the first martyr, Stephen. But because of the hope that we have in Christ, we can let go of our guilt of our past and, let, and not let it distract us and we can look to the future, the future that we have in Christ. And we can concentrate on our relationship with him right now in the present. And we know that he has forgiven us and that we have been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. I love how Psalm 103, 8 through 12 puts it. It says, The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards, towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. I love that. So it's telling us right here, that the Lord is so compassionate and merciful to us that he doesn't constantly accuse us or remain angry forever. So why do we do that to ourselves? Why do we remain 
angry at ourselves or constantly accusing ourselves of other things that we've done. Why not look at our future that we have in Christ? And so what Paul is writing in, these, in this first part of the, chapter 3 is that it should be encouraging to us because basically Paul is saying, I'm not perfect. I haven't gotten there yet. And that should be good news to us because we're not perfect either. Because he does say that he regards myself as having taking, taken hold of it yet. So he's striving for that perfection, but he hasn't attained it yet. But then he says that even though he hasn't attained perfection, and knows that while he's still here on earth, that he won't have that perfect perfection that he will have one day, there's still room for him to grow in his walk with Christ. And he, like us, will take hold of that protection when he goes to be with Jesus, whether it's through his death or the return of Christ. And so Paul, at this point, is still on his faith journey, just as we are. And he knows that he has a long way to go, and so do we. So don't look at one another for perfection because you won't find it. What you will find is a bunch of imperfect people just like you that are growing and pressing forward in their walk with Christ. And so each and every one of us was created by God for a purpose. We all have a purpose that we were created for. And as Ephesians 2.10 says, that we were all created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared and advanced for you to do. And so we can do this by keeping a, focus, a forward focus at all times. To continue looking forward. Keep a forward focus at all times. Because then he says in verse 14, he says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. And so we need to continually always press forward and we need to press forward on our way to the prize of the upward call of God. So if we want to attain the goal that God has for us, we need to keep moving forward, not backwards. We learn from our past, but we don't dwell on our past. You, can, you can't move forward in your Christian walk if you keep looking back. But I have heard that there's some people in this world that like to run for fun, believe it or not, which is fine. And those who like to run for fun, if they want to look, if they want to be successful while they're running, they need to keep their eyes focused forward on the race. Can you imagine running a race and keep looking behind you? That's when these other people that are focusing forward are going to be running right past you. If you keep looking at the back, you want to look forward and focus on the race, the end of the race. And so that's what we need to do. And so what I've been doing is not running, but what I've been doing is I've been taking time almost every night to walk our dog. And so I've been trying to do, I started doing 20 minutes a night, and then I started getting up to about 30 minutes. And so what I've been doing is we walk around the whole neighborhood, and then we go outside of our neighborhood, and then there's a couple 
landmarks, I guess you see, and I would walk to that landmark and I'd focus on the landmark that I wanted to go to on a certain night. I'd walk to that, we'd turn around and we'd go back around and then do the whole neighborhood and then go home again. Well, then the next night, I would keep my focus on that landmark, but I would look ahead. And I don't look back behind me unless I hear somebody. <laughs> but I keep looking ahead and I keep my focus so that I'm saying to myself, I'm going to go this far now. And so then that's what I've been doing. I've been going further and further in our walks, which is a good thing. And so we don't want to look back. And I remember being in the police academy. And so we had to do the driving instructions, which it was all fun because we could drive, you know, in a closed course and we'd do all these little turns and, and all and with these cones and try not to hit these cones. But one of the things that I remember that we did which was really nerve-wracking for me because I didn't have control, was we had to drive a certain distance looking back. And so we're not looking forward, we're looking back. And what I noticed is when I wasn't looking back, if you see, if, you, if I looked at something forward, I knew where it was, and I'm looking back and I'm driving, and I look ahead, and because I wasn't looking forward, I was way off course. I was going back and forth just because I couldn't control it because I didn't have that control, but that was because I was looking back and I wasn't looking forward at my goal, which would have been a landmark that I would have saw. So we don't want to lose sight of the goal. Don't be distracted by your past. Don't let your past get you down. Our goal should be like Paul's goal, to know Christ and to daily want to be more like him. It's so easy for us to get distracted. We live in a very distracting world. We have social media we have our phones everywhere with us. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I really miss not having a phone with me. The times when I was out playing with my friends and the only time I knew what time it was when, was when the lights started going on and it started getting dark and I knew I had to make my way home because, you know, my mom would be making dinner or something like that or I had to be home when the streetlights came on. But that was the only time I knew what time it was. Nobody else got a hold of me. Nobody else was texting me saying, hey, I need you, or calling me and bothering me. But we have so many distractions in this life, you know. It's in those times that we're distracted when it feels like everyone or everything in our life is pulling us around in different directions. And we should put everything aside and, like Paul, focus all of our attention on Christ and pray and do all things for the glory of God. Of God. And I love how Paul says in verse 13, one thing I do. We can say that too. One thing I do is to not look back, but press forward in my walk with Christ. And so when we're able to do all of this, then we'll be able to stand firm in our walk with Christ. We need to stand firm firmly on the ground in our walk with Christ. If you go a little bit further in Philippians, uh, to Philippians 4.1, it says, So then, my dearly loved and longed for brothers and sisters. I love how he writes that stuff. He's writing to people that he loves. And he's writing from jail. And he calls them, My dearly loved and longed for brothers and sisters. You can hear the longing for him to want to go and visit this church, and visit these people. And so he says, My dearly loved and longed for brothers and sisters, 
My joy, there's joy again, and crown is this manner. Stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. And so I tell you tonight, my dearly beloved friends, stand firm in the Lord. You know, Paul here is linking what he wrote earlier in chapter 3, that because of the promises of the resurrection, these Philippian believers and we have a reason that we can stand firm in our walk with Christ. You know, Paul comes back to that theme of the runner. He's talking about the crown, and, and in those days, you know, the crown was given to an athlete. So I think maybe Paul might have been an athlete, or he might have liked sports, or maybe he would have been yelling at the TV screen for the Michigan game like my daughter and I were, but uh, he, you know, so he's always talking about, you know, the athletic stuff, which is kind of cool. And so we as passionate followers of Christ, we have the Holy Spirit, and he will lead us in the way that we are to go. And we rely on him to guide us in all that we think, in all that we do. And so in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, he writes, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, or my brothers, there he goes again with that, my beloved, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your, na- your labor is not in vain. So he's telling them, be steadfast, be immovable, stand firm, stand strong, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? Because we know that the Lord that in the Lord our labor is not in vain. And so because we know that death has been defeated by the resurrection of Jesus, we can stand firm and we can be unshakable and we can be steadfast and we can live for him right now in the present and in our future. And so we're to take our stand for Jesus Sometimes that seems like it's kind of a hard thing to do nowadays. Um, you know, you got so many people coming after you when you're standing firm in your faith. But those are the best times to stand firm and to, and to stand strong in your faith and to keep your, your head in the Word and your mind in the Word of God. You know, the Word of God is, is what we have that we can stand firm with and how we can know God better. And because we have a purpose. We have something to live for. We have a reason, and that's Jesus, to take a stand, and we're encouraged to do so. And so how can we stay focused in the coming year and press forward in our faith? I put three of our growth work here, and the first thing is to get involved. Make a commitment this year in 2023 to get involved in your community, but mostly Here at Woodland, we have so many ways that you can get involved. I mean, if you're musically talented, there's room for you on our praise team. If you like to work with children, we have Wednesday evening and Sunday mornings you can work with our children's ministries. If you're a tech person, Pastor Mark would love to have you on the Woodland tech team, working on all of the technology stuff that we do. So we're always looking for you to get involved. And I promise you that if you don't think you can do something, and you come and you tell us what you like to do, we can find a spot for you. We can find a place for you to volunteer. You can also join one of our small groups. Small groups are 
excellent ways for us to meet one another, build relationships with one another. Um, this is a great time to get involved in one of our small groups. You can talk to people here. There's so many people that are involved. There's women that are involved in Bible studies. There's family small groups. There's, there's a whole bunch of different small groups that we have. And so this is a great way that we can get together and some meet at church and some meet at houses, at different people's houses. And we have luncheons and all that stuff, which is great. But it's a great place where we can all meet and we can all build relationships with one another and we can pray with, one, with each other. We can pray for each other. You know, it's a place where, where you can just come and just be yourself. And it's just a great place. And, and like I said, um, in our small group, I, we have built some great lifelong relationships and friendships with the people that are in our small groups. And I know I've heard from several other people that they have just great relationships where they don't even just always do just small group stuff or meet just once a month or, or whatever they do, but they go out to eat with, eat with each other. They meet on other times. They go to lunch. They go to dinner, and they just, they just have a great time. So if you'd like to find out anything about our small groups, please ask one of us, and we'll find a small group that you can get into. Another thing that we have is we have different classes that we have offered, and we have things like Discover Woodland. That's our first class, and with that Discover class, You'll discover what it means to be a Christ follower. You'll learn all about Woodland and who we are and where we've been and where we're going. And then we also have our grow group, our grow class, which is a place where you can learn how to grow in your faith. You can learn how to pray. You can learn how to read and study your Bible, which is a great thing. And you'll learn to strengthen your walk with Christ, which is exactly what I've been talking about tonight. And there's also a class on serving. And in this one, you'll discover the strength and the gifts that God has given you. And you can be helped to find joy and fulfillment in a place of ministry that's uniquely for you. And then in our fourth and final class, it's the share group. And this is when you'll learn how to tell your story. So many people want to hear your story. A lot of times if you just sit down and you just tell somebody about yourself, where you came from and where you're going, you can help other people. And so in that class, you'll learn how to tell your story. And in two minutes or less, you'll be able to communicate what your life was like before Christ, your decision to follow Christ, and your life since that decision. And so we have those four classes to be offered. And if you'd love to try to get in one of those classes, we'd love to start up those groups again this year, uh, those classes this year. And if you email us at info at woodland.church, we can give you more information on that. So there's so many different ways to get involved. And that's one of the things that I, I, I would like to ask you to do this year um, in 2023. The second thing is to study God's Word and make prayer time. I always put studying God's Word and prayer together because they go together. Okay, So the beginning of the year is a great time to study your Bible. In this day and age, we have so many ways that we can study God's Word. You know, um, we're blessed to have physical Bibles. I was talking to somebody at work today, and I think at work in my office, on my bookshelf, I probably have five different physical Bibles just at work. So we're blessed to be able to have physical Bibles. But not only that, but we have these devices, our phones and our, 
uh, iPads and our, and our other devices that we can find a Bible app anywhere. And on this Bible app, you can just click one button and you can find different translations. And we even have these apps and stuff that talk to you. They, you can sit and listen to the Word of God. I think I talked about this before, but one of my favorite, I, I've been doing a lot of different, it's called Audible. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that. And you can download books and you can listen to them. And so a lot of times when I'm going to work, I'll listen to a book um, that I have on my Audible. But one of my favorite one is a Bible one, and it's a reenactment. So there's actors in there, they reenact the Bible. So when you listen to it, you can hear like the different sounds and, and different things like that. And and they're actually, it's not just somebody reading the, you know, the Bible and just, you know, one voice saying it, but you have different characters that they have that, that talk. So it's a great Bible, and they have so many of those that are, that are great to listen to as well. And so I have, I mean, there's tons of different Bibles. You can get study Bibles with all the notes on the bottom of it. I have a journaling Bible that I read and I write all my notes on. And, but you can also have a Bible that you just don't write anything on, you just read it. So... We have, you have all that. So, you know, we have, and all those other Bibles have different plans that you can have. You can do a Bible in a year. You can do journey through the Old Testament, journey through the New Testament. They have different topics if you want to learn about a different topic that the Bible talks about. So we've been blessed for sure. And I don't know if anybody's ever seen this, but if you go on YouTube, you can watch this video. I think it's from the 1980s. And it shows these persecuted Christians... I don't know if anybody's ever seen this, but I watched it again this week. And it has these persecuted Christians of an underground church in China in the 1980s. And they were receiving Bibles for the very first time. And so when you watch them getting these boxes of Bibles that they've never had before, they had tears in their eyes. They were kissing the Bible. They were hugging the Bible. They were holding it. And then there's a woman that appears on this and she appeared to be uh, one of the leader of the groups. And she kept saying, this is what we needed most. This is what we needed. And they were so happy to get something that I have five of in my office. And so I'm telling you tonight is that this is how we should be. Every single time that we open up God's word, we should thank him. And we should say, this is what I needed most. This is exactly what I needed. And so along with the Bible reading and studying, we should focus on our prayer life in this next year coming up. Uh, Paul wrote about this in um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He wrote, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Prayer is powerful, my friends. Prayer was very important not only to Paul, but to Jesus as well. We see so many times when Jesus went off by himself and he prayed. And we see him teaching his disciples how to pray. And so as we read that passage... Paul's telling us here what we should pray for, and that's everything. Pray for everything. There's no area in our life that God is not concerned about. He loves us, and he is concerned about every single 
area and every single aspect of our life. And so I know that there's been many times that I've worried about things and I try to get my mind on other things, but I don't have peace about it. And so we're told here also not to worry about anything and take everything that we have to God in prayer and to thank him for all that he's done for us. And so when we begin to worry, don't look for other things to, you know, don't go on YouTube and watch YouTube or, or don't, you know, go to other things to find that peace because you're never going to find peace anywhere else but from the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. So it's only when I began giving all of those things that I was worrying about to him that I began experiencing that peace because peace is a gift from God. And we have, when we have that relationship with him, we can truly have peace with God. And so the third thing is, make a commitment to follow Christ. Make a commitment tonight to follow Christ. Jesus repeatedly said in the Gospels, come follow me. And to truly make a commitment to follow Jesus means that he becomes everything to you. Because when we truly follow Christ, we have a relationship with him first over everything else that we have. And when we have that relationship with him first, and we focus on that relationship, all of our other relationships with our family and our friends and our coworkers and our neighbors will be all the better. And so to make a commitment to follow Jesus and be a passionate follower of Christ means that we apply the truths that we learn from his word and we put them into practice in our daily lives. And that we be as if Jesus is right, walking right beside us. So if you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus, you can have that right now. You can have that peace right here and right now with you. Right where you are. Just realize that you need him. And admit that you're a sinner. And by faith, receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You can pray this prayer right here where you are. God, I know I am a sinner. I know that I deserve the consequences of my sin. However, I'm trusting in Jesus Christ as my Savior. I believe that his death and resurrection provided for my forgiveness. I trust in Jesus and in Jesus alone as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and forgiving me. And if you've been struggling tonight with your faith, and you'd like to rededicate your life to Christ, and you'd like to recommit your life to him, you can do that right now too where you are. There's no better time than the present to have a great future in the new year here and to have a fresh start, as I said, in your walk with Jesus. And so if you've made a commitment tonight to be a follower of Christ, or if you'd like to know more about what it means to be a follower of Christ, please email us at info at woodland.church. And we'll give you all the information and any resources that you need. So in the year to come, I challenge you to do as Paul did. Let go of your past. Stop allowing your failures, your burdens, your emotions, your sicknesses, your losses, or successes. Stop making them hinder your progress. Look to the future that we have in Christ and set some spiritual goals in this new year whether it be more Bible reading or your habits of reading the Bible or praying, or whether talking to your coworkers or your neighbors and witnessing to them, 
or baptism. Maybe you want to get baptized this year. You can do that as well. Or even church membership. But the best thing that we can do this year is to keep running forward toward that goal. Run to win God's prize. God wants, you to, wants to give you a crown for his glory. So run it with passion. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time that we've had together studying your word, Lord. Thank you for making all things new. And as we begin this new year, Lord, I pray that you help us live every single day for you, no matter what the cost is. That we continually have a new song in our heart. And that we don't dwell on our past, but that we learn from our past. And we look forward to the future that you have promised us. In this new year, Lord, I pray that you fill us all with a desire to seek after you more than anything else in this world. And that the Holy Spirit will breathe in us and through us. I pray protection for all, over all the families and friends that we have. All of those that are watching online. All of those that are here tonight. I ask for protection. I ask for your hand to cover those who are traveling home this Christmas and New Year travel season and that they continue to be safe in your hands. And Lord, I pray for anyone who needs a healing touch tonight. You are the great healer. And I pray for all of those who not only need a physical healing and a physical touch from you, Lord, but I pray for all of those who need a spiritual healing tonight. We trust, Lord, in your wisdom and we thank you for your mercies that are new each and every single day. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all, and thank you all for joining us online. As I said, if you need prayer, make sure that you email us at prayer at woodland.com. Sorry, woodland.church. Getting ahead of myself here. And if you would like any information on any of our classes or any of our small groups, or if you've made your commitment or recommitment to Christ, you can always email us at info at woodland.church. Amen and thank you.